0: Man to man to man podcast, doing it again, live and kicking, different types of subjects, with honest opinions, with no filter, straight talking, big men out here, men with experience, men with knowledge, all sorts. I'm here with Rome X, I'm here with Dan aka K dankwa we're doing we're doing we're doing and we're doing Man, man, to man, to man, to man, to man, to man, So DJ, yeah, it's, it's great talking to you today. Um, obviously, you're you a personal trainer. I've seen on your um, Instagram page and everything like that. There, you're doing a great job, and you put that it's your goal to improve. A thousand people or something yeah a thousand, along a terms. thousand
1: men like yep. get in touch with their uh, their true selves again i feel i don't i don't know if i don't know if you kind of feel the same but over there i think lockdowns and covid and everything has really really exposed how actually isolated a lot of men are
0: yeah definitely how
1: like I, know, I don't know about you, but I I don't particularly have like a particularly close circle of friends. I've got okay. a lot of acquaintances. I've got a couple mm. of guys that I can kind of rely on, but there's nobody that, like, when I'm having some, like, dark times that I could just, like, pick up the phone and just go, you know what, I just need to talk some rubbish with somebody just to kind of get this stuff kind of, like, out there. So
0: yeah. Yeah. with
1: that like, kind of being the experience for me, I know that, like, there must be a lot of other guys that are in the kind of the same situation. I think mm. you know, I find it's a lot easier for women to have this like close knit, like my missus's phone's going off all day of all these different group chats that she's in and stuff like that. Whereas um, in the first lockdown, I didn't have anything like that. And it's something I've had to go out there and really try and cultivate to mm. try and find a group that I'm like comfortable around. And I, I've i got that now. So I, one of my things is to create a community of like-minded guys that are all on that same mission to improve themselves both mentally and physically. So that's why I said, I I saw your podcast. I saw kind of what you were about and I thought it'd be really good to kind of link up.
0: Definitely. And um, you're definitely right. I think with, you know, lockdown has definitely highlighted that, you know, um, particularly males and men, aren't as open with um, their communication as they are as women. And, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, I, about maybe two weeks ago, I was walking with my missus uh, just down the road. And uh, I said to her, like, I said, have you noticed that um, a lot of people that are out, you know, if you just go for walks, you know, as, as you, you know, good for health and whatnot. I said, did you have you noticed that a lot of people that are outside are just groups of girls, just, you know, seems like groups of two, three, four girls. And they're just you know spending time with each other walking around and I said to her you know I never you never you never really see a lot of men doing that you know especially in this lockdown where they're just like they meet up and then they just go for walks and they're just talking and or whatever they're doing like you know it, it just it's just you don't see it as often and you know our male, our male community isn't isn't connected or conducive into like sharing experiences of that type of nature you know we, we like you know gym sports you know yeah
1: when going, guys tend to get together it's always to go and do something
0: yeah we yeah. can't
1: just go and just be yeah like there in that moment and because all the doing things have all kind of like shut we're all just sat around twiddling our thumbs being like well what do I do now
0: exactly exactly I mean it's very, it's very insightful and I'm glad that you have this um same similar goal that I have and it's great it's great to talk to you today so you know um what like you know i see that i saw i saw another um, instagram post of yours from 2009 and then when you was wasn't training to like uh, 2019 2020 like so what what started you on this journey of you know improving your physical health
1: that's going back a long way so when i was about 14 15 do you have you ever seen the film 300 yeah I have yeah Great so film. um for those who haven't seen it, like one go and watch it. It's, it's an amazing film. It's quite graphically violent, so I'm just gonna pre-warn you on that one. Um, <laughs> but basically, in that film, there's probably a lot of the guys that are in it. the The premise behind the film is it's three hundred Spartans defending um Greece against this massive Persian invasion or whatever it is. Mm. I just remember like that being the first time that I just saw probably there's going to be like 30, 50 actual like jacked dudes just yeah. in with spears and swords and just being badass basically. And mm. I just remember being 15 years old and thinking like, that's what I want to look like. Like, I want to be known as being strong as being yep. fit as yep. just in my 15 year old head like that's the ultimate man like yep. the greek gods in the the statues like that was just being a complete like alpha male to me so mm. basically around that time i then decided that i wanted to do something kind of in like health and fitness and i think i saw a, i saw a tv program about somebody being a personal trainer or something like that and I just decided at 15 okay well that's what i'm going to go and do um so from there I went on to college and got like a b-tech in sport and exercise I got my sports science degree went off to university and got my sports science degree was predominantly working with like athletes and stuff because obviously I was in that sort of area graduated from uni back in 2012 and went to work in like a commercial gym um and it turns out that like professional athletes are a very small percentage of the population so then I had to find another group of people I work quite well with and being completely new on the gym floor like mm. I just gravitated towards guys around my age that were trying to kind of like build muscle and kind of get in shape just because yeah. I know from being that 15 year old that it's very easy to jump on to the internet now with the wealth of information that there is and yeah. even this is even back in like 2012 2013 like there's a lot of misinformation out there for <clears> your team well basically for guys that are not wanting to jump on steroids like yeah. all these magazines all these like professional bodybuilders they're all juiced up to their eyeballs 100 so it's more they are getting big despite how they're training unless like there there's a lot of good quality coaches and good quality athletes out there but there's also a lot you've got to sift through a lot of rubbish there's a lot mm. of stuff that's trying to sell you something and that's kind of what you've got to remember with these websites and these magazines and everything is that they make money from advertising they're a Definitely. form of entertainment it's not necessarily the best educational platform if it's free because they're making their money from advertising those supplements that you see on the side or the gimmicky like ab circle pro or whatever it is that is being advertised in that space. Like that's how they make their money. And that's why I always advise my clients if they read anything online, like just take a step back and go, well, how is this publication making their money? Are they a coach that is then offering coaching? You need to go and look at their results and see Mm -hmm if they're getting the results that you want before buying into kind of their practices. Whereas if they make all their money because they're an influencer and they are being paid to promote skinny teas, yeah. they p- might not be the best person to be getting your health and fitness advice from.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, do you do you think, you know, what, what has been like an example of like some very, very bad misinformation that you've come across along, along your road?
1: Um, probably the worst one is meal replacement shakes Mm. so will you lose weight if you replace two of your like normal meals a day with two shakes that have got about 200 calories in of course you will because that means you're eating you're having 400 calories from shakes and then you're having one meal even if you absolutely gorge yourself On a meal, your stomach's also going to shrink, so you're probably going to have a maximum of, say, 800 calories in that final meal. So 400. That's somewhere between 1,200 to 1,400 calories a day, which is over a thousand below like the daily recommended amount for a human, especially if it's a man. So of course you're going to lose weight. Like, is that weight going to be body fat? Some of it will, but the majority of it will be muscle mass. So. That's probably the worst thing that I've seen where people go on uh, basically advice go on super low calorie diets. They make it sound super easy because I'll oh, just drink two of these shakes a day. Like one of the best examples I can think of was like Herbalife. Like if you look at what's in the, their products, it is awful. If you see a protein shake or anything you're going to put in your body and it's yeah. got more than anywhere between 10 and 15 ingredients, like run away because especially if you don't know when you get down to the small ingredients if you don't understand what half those chemicals are why would you want to be putting that inside your body
0: so oh yeah definitely no doubt about it um you know i, I take protein shake as well so and i definitely <laughs> i definitely look at the back and think you know what is that i don't know what that is so i don't want to buy it. if i don't know what it is i don't know what's going inside of me therefore i could that could be a detriment you know so
1: exactly and there's there's lots of good quality shakes out there that have very few ingredients in so mm. essentially if it's a protein shake the majority of it you want is to be like whey protein whether it's concentrate mm. isolate or whatever it is yeah. and then something to flavor it yeah. so um, the the shake that i um, i got a small bag of it um, from a new company that I'm trying out it's called like Arctic Nutrition or something like that but it's okay. literally it's whey protein isolate, whey protein concentrate coca powder and mm. then the stuff that basically makes it a powder and then that's yeah. it and some sucralose to sweeten it there's yeah. like six ingredients in there so I'm like okay and it tastes amazing so mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like, I'd rather spend a little bit more on something that's better quality mm. than have all these chemicals going into my body
0: definitely definitely how, how often do you um, train like I know you're a personal trainer um, but how often do you get time to train yourself and what is your so, current current goal for yourself because I'm an saying?
1: because I'm an online coach okay I can structure my day and mm. I'm also a natural bodybuilder as well so training comes up high on my priority list mm-hmm. so I train five days a week uh so currently it's Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, day off Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, because I look after my, I've got a two-year-old. So I look after my two-year-old's Mondays and Wednesdays. Yep. Um, whereas she goes to nurseries on Tuesdays and Fridays.
0: Okay.
1: So Tuesdays and Fridays, I can train when she's at nursery. Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm normally normally training in the evening when she's gone to bed.
0: Great, great stuff. So you're doing you're doing it all, man. You're doing it all. It's good, man. It's good. It's definitely good. Um and what's your what's your goal? Like, you know, when you're training, like what is what's going through like, you know, before you train, and you know, what's what's your goal? What is your goal for the day? What is your goal for the year, the month, or like how do you how do you get up and do it? Like, because you know some people clearly find it hard to train and clearly find it hard to be consistent. Yeah. Is, is your goal still that? that 15 year old boy of looking at 300 is that still concrete in your mind or is it, is it something else now has it evolved?
1: well as i said i'm i'm uh, a natural bodybuilder so i do mm. compete so i've just started prep uh, for my okay. next okay. competition which will be in august so it's about 24 weeks of dieting now mm. Um. so what happened was i used to be i used to play sports so yep. i used to do rugby yeah of playing like semi professionally for a club in Liverpool. When I moved back across to Lincolnshire, I was just playing a bit of like, it's equivalent to like Sunday league, uh, like local rugby. Um, yeah. And then my missus got pregnant with my daughter, who's now two. Yeah. So while well, she was pregnant, I was still playing, but I was what, 24, 25 at the time? Um, I'd lose the whole of the like training evening. So Wednesday evening get getting from work, I'd then go, I'd have to drive half an hour to where I trained. I'd be training for two hours and then come back another half an hour drive. So I'd lose like three hours on a Wednesday evening to training. I'd lose the majority of the day on Saturday to then go in and play in a game. And when the season ended in the September, I just I had to say that like is it gonna be fair on my missus to be looking after my little girl like while I then go and train and while I go and play on a Saturday. I didn't really think it was fair.
0: Right.
1: So I I basically retired from rugby. Mm. But I was still I was working in a gym at the time. So I still like trained, but yeah, it was just kind of like going through the motions. Like I I know what I'm doing in terms of like training and nutrition and stuff but i didn't really have a goal so i just kind of like flitted between doing kind of different programs and stuff i, mean, I was in the situation that a lot of my clients come to me and where they don't really have like a concrete goal that they're working towards yeah so because of that like that dad weight kind of like piled on probably i got up to about 24 25 percent body fat which for me is like really high mm. so I, I would normally sit somewhere around like the 10 to 12 percent mark just even in
0: Normal, a normal not, time
1: with, yeah without really yeah. kind of thinking about it so I ballooned mm. up in terms of body fat and mm. then it kind of got to a point when my little one was about six months old where I was just like I'm, I'm just not happy because I'm not working towards something I'm one of those people that I've got to have a goal to train towards yeah. or else I'm going to really really struggle yeah. so then I went and got myself a coach to get some accountability and decided mm. you know what next year I'm going to compete
0: so and, and this yeah. was your first is this your first like or did you used to compete and now you're going back to it, or is this your first? No, so I'd never done bodybuilding before, so I'd mm. always
1: done sports, rugby, basketball, football, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I'd always watched bodybuilding, I'd always trained with bodybuilders. I've got friends that are like really into it, and um, mm. they've gone down the assisted route. Whereas I didn't really want to do that just because mm. I can respect the guys that do that, like. Mm-hmm by all means kind of like crack on with that. It's just not something I don't ever feel like I would want to get that big. Yes. Just for me personally, it's not an aesthetically pleasing look for me. Yes. I love watching the Olympia. I love watching these juiced up meatheads get as big as possible and watch the freaks on stage. Like Mm, I, mm. I get jacked up for that. I'll watch videos from these guys as well and I'll learn from them It's just, it's just the personal choice for me. Like at the end of the day, I've got a daughter to think about. Like, yes, you're, as a professional bodybuilder, you might get paid or a sponsorship if you make it to the upper echelons. However, you've got to pump a shed load of drugs into your system to kind of get there. You might be shaving 10, 15, 20 years off your life. Like I know for me that I want to be here to watch my little girl grow up Mm. and have kids of her own. Like yeah. If I can do a sport that's going to be, in theory, keep me healthy, still give me something to kind of like drive towards, um, but I don't have to kind of put that stuff in my body, then I'm I'm going to stick with the, the kind of the natural route, even though there's less money in it. Um, but then, because I then got really, really good results for myself, I found that I was actually quite good at this like fat loss transformations especially in men and um, getting these like results where it is right. Dropping body fat, building muscle mass, getting that kind of before and after um, mm. sort of level of result. Um, mm. And it's just, what, what, what is
0: the key? What is the key to that? Cause um, you know, me personally, I mean, you answered one of my questions, which was shredded versus swollen. You basically said you, you prefer shredded, but you don't mind looking at swollen. Um <laughs> But uh, Now what, that what...
1: I've done a couple of bulking and cutting cycles, I'm more comfortable yeah. being swollen. Um I'm pro- I'm at my heaviest at the at the end of this bulk. I was at the heaviest I've ever been. Okay, but I was only at just under probably twenty percent body fat. So okay. I still look athletic, even though I'm the heaviest I've ever been. Whereas the when I got there on my own, I didn't look athletic. I just looked
0: mm. fat. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So for me, obviously, I'm, I'm, a, I'm like six foot four, okay. and um, I, I train. I've been, I've been, I've been basically training for about four months now because my my son was born in December, um, and you know I thought you know what, I, you need to keep up with these kids because these kids are like, <laughs> yeah, like,
1: they'll run I mean. they're the running rings around you. They're running
0: rings around you. So you know I thought you know I'm gonna train, and I, I've trained many times before. I've been like a really good weight. I've been, I've been like ten percent body fat at times, but probably i am now like thirty. Or twenty, okay. odd. yeah. And um, what, what, you know, what would you say? You, you know, you said you, you're really good at, you know, getting that body fat to 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 go completely, and you, you can do it. At, you're saying that a quick, quick rate or quicker rate than expected. So, how would you? What would you advise for me? You know, just if one snippet of advice, what would what would you give?
1: Um, it'd be protein's going to be your best friend. So Mm -hmm. you probably want to set your protein goals at um, 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo of body weight, depending Mm -hmm. on how high your body fat is. Your body fat is higher, go closer to the Mm -hmm. 1.5%, 1.5 per kilo. So at about 20% body fat, you could probably get away at like a 1.7 grams per kilo. Um, The other thing would be is base your training around resistance training rather than cardio yeah and then set try and find basically your calories equilibrium so if you're training four or five days a week you need to take an average you need to track your food and see where your calories are and weigh yourself every day for a week and then take an average weight and the second week try to keep everything as stable as you can and Mm. see what's happening with your weight So, if your weight is staying the same, you're at maintenance calories. If it's going up, you are in a surplus. If it's going down, you're in a deficit. Mm. So, if you can figure out where maintenance is, you then want to basically adjust that down 10%. So, you can do that either by cutting 10% of calories or increasing your energy output by 10%. So, if you're also tracking your steps, you're doing an average of, say, 6,000 steps a day. You can take that up to eight to 9,000 steps a day. You're going to have upped your energy output by about 10%. And that Mm. should be enough to tip you into a calorie deficit. Mm. So what you want to do is the minimum effective dose to get that needle to move. The mistake most guys make is that it's, right, it's day one. Right, I'm going to start training five days a week. I'm going to do cardio three or four days a week i'm going to cut like a thousand calories out and what happens is the body adapts in about like three to four weeks to that. it does things in the background it does things chemically it'll do things metabolically to even out that equation again so if you're only eating 1500 calories doing cardio five days a week and training five days a week and your body's then hit equilibrium yeah where do you go from there you've got no more tools to use whereas if you're using one tool you're Pick out the hammer and knock it and it Mm. tilts you into that deficit it's going to be a little bit slower you might not lose six pounds in the first week you might lose two pounds in the first week Mm. but if you can keep losing one to two pounds consistently over 12 16 weeks if you lose two pounds a week for 12 weeks that's 24 pounds what's that only two stone
0: yeah so
1: it's better to go little but consistent the, mm. As I said, the mistake most guys make is they try and hit it really hard, get disheartened when things like aren't quite going to plan, but they've got no more tool tools in the toolbox to be able to use.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. It's that's great advice. I, I feel like in in some sense, I've used that technique. I've lost. Um, you know, I was in lockdown. I put on like the first first one. I put on like I was like my at my fitness maybe a month or two before it. And yeah. then I put I put on like twenty kgs, which is a hell of a lot, and um, and then I lost I lost about I, like in this like, since my son's been born, I've lost around ten to ten to eleven.
1: Wow,
0: well done. Which is yeah, it's not, it's not too bad, but you know, I mean, I, I'll ask you about this technique. I, I mean, this is just something that I've done all types of techniques. I you know, um, but what would you think of what is better in your opinion um, for losing weight or or gaining strength um and I know they're two different things but um what would you think is better uh is it hi- high higher reps and like l- less weight or heavier heavier weight and less reps
1: so there's a couple of variables here that you need mm. to kind of consider number one is your training age slash training experience so if somebody's completely new to training, what you've got to remember is like exercises are a skill. So learning the skill of how to perform the exercise is the most important thing. If you're in the first like year to two of training,
0: mm. so
1: you don't need to worry too much about the weight. It's more right, yes, I need to implement progressive overload, which and basically track. So mm. what did I do last week? um set yourself a rep range so say if it's between 12 and 20 if i can do three sets of 20 next week i'm going to up the weight if i can do if it's like 8 to 12 if i can do three sets of 12 i'm going to put the weight up by one kilo next week and what you'll find is very quickly you'll find your way to the appropriate weight that essentially you're going to struggle to get like all three sets at 12 so say you've got three sets of eight to twelve The first set, you can get 12. The second set, you can get 10. The third set, you can get eight. And you're hitting what's like muscle failure. I'll call it muscle failure. Beginner's muscle failure and advanced muscle failure are completely different. But just to make it easy to understand, when it feels like you want to stop, try and get two or three more. And that's muscle failure. Your body will stop you before you do yourself an injury. Mm. So as I said, if you get 12 in the first set, 10 in the second set, 8 in the third set, like that's the perfect weight. That's the weight you want to stick with. You can okay. get 12, 12, 12 up it next week. If you can only get eight on that first set, maybe you're just having an off week. Maybe drop the weight down on that week and come back to it. But mm. keep records of what you're doing so that you can see that you are progressing. So that would yeah. be kind of the first thing. The second thing is like heavy weights, low reps, and light weights for higher reps. At the end of the day, you build muscle if you hit failure. Anywhere between say six and 30 reps. So it's whatever you prefer to do. You prefer to be going to like sets of 20 to 25 and you enjoy that type of training, like crack on. If you prefer to do like one heavy set of six and then do back off sets in the higher rep ranges, again that's five. Fine, not five. Um what I would advise against is only doing rep ranges between like one to six, that's more powerlifting. Mm. So if you just want to get super strong, like follow a powerlifting program and you won't ever do reps outside of about six to eight. Okay. If your main goal is to build muscle, you need more time under tension. You need anywhere, as I said, and also mix up the rep ranges. Like there's no perfect rep range. Most muscles react to have some heavy sets and some lighter work for some pump work. Um, So yeah, it's one of those answers where it kind of, it depends. The more advanced you are and the better your technique, the better quality of reps you're going to get in those lower rep ranges. Whereas Mm. if somebody's new and they don't have a great technique, trying to get them to work up to like a six rep max, they're going to compromise the quality yeah. of the exercise and yeah. therefore it means that they're probably not going to be getting out of it what they could if they just dropped some of the weight and focused more on form
0: great stuff excellent stuff that is great advice um you know what's the biggest challenge you've come across you know training or you know mentally Are you personally or or for a client uh you personally and a client
1: okay um So for me personally, it was was that same story as I kind of like said before, it was when I was kind of like between goals. So Mm. floating around, not really having a goal just meant that I didn't really do a lot of anything because... I didn't, it's like when you, if you set off like a missile and it's got no guidance system, it's just kind of going to float go off everywhere and not yeah. really go to kind of where you want it to go. Whereas actually yeah. making a decision about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve, then mm. then I could then make a conscious effort to be able to move myself towards it.
0: Yeah. And what about with a client?
1: Um, um With a client, it's been more about at the end of the day the best program in the world won't work unless Mm. you understand how to articulate it kind of to a client so you can't ever like deal with two clients in the exact same way some Mm. people respond really really well to like tough love and autocratic, like an autocratic nature. Other people need you to put their arm around them and say, you know what, everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like what you're feeling now is completely normal. Just Mm -hmm. keep doing what you're doing. You're having a kind of, uh, you're making really, really good progress. Yeah. So um, kind of a client that comes to mind, it's, um, it's a guy called Jay. Um, I've been working with Jay now for two years ish, something around there. So, Jay came to me when he he'd managed to lose about a stone on his own.
0: Mm.
1: He's um, He works in the services, and he had basically an issue with his hip. He had to have, like, an operation. Basically, the doctors told him he was going to be lucky to walk again, let alone wow. be able to do anything. Well, he yeah. just went, well, screw you. I'm, I'm now going to go away and do something amazing. So... Yeah. When he first came to me, he'd lost about a stone on his own. Over the next 18 months, we pulled about four stone off him. Mm. Um, he then decided he wanted to go and do a men's physique show. So we then put him into a bit of an off-season where he's built up some muscle tissue. Mm. And we've managed to build his calories like back up to be yeah. in actually a, a decent place. And we've just started his prep now for his first ever kind of like men's physique show. So to take somebody who's been told that they may never walk again to the point where they're thinking about doing like a physique competition, like that's just a, just shows that the power of a positive mental attitude that Mm -hmm. actually you somebody can tell you something, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's your reality. You can do anything you want if you kind of put your mind to it and there's, there's dozens if not hundreds of examples of that kind of in not even modern day just
0: well, like forever re- it's forever really like yeah, it's yeah. forever people have been told they can't do this can't go there can't go there and, it's, and it always happens you know so you know the mind is the mind is uh unlimited and um you know putting limits on your mind that you know these doctors do without you know knowing what they're actually doing because you know
1: um, well they've got to err on the side of caution haven't they of because course
0: of course if
1: they say to you right you're going to be all right and then you're not
0: you can sue them and this so is they about, have to you know their own yeah I, I completely understand that but you know this is this is why you know this type this field is um, it's nothing is conclusive you know there's nothing yeah. that's not, not a thing that is conclusive so for me I mean yeah I understand that side of things but for me, just saying that it is possible, but you never know, you know, it's all anything is possible, like you just said. So I think this the, the information, because some people could be told that, you know, oh well, this is gonna happen and there's nothing you can do about it. And they take that as as gold and they live like that and they accept it completely and they never know what they're actually are capable of doing. So <clears throat> for me, <clears throat> it's 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 a dangerous thing, but I, I understand why they have to say it. But you know, it is what it is. What 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 do you think about these um, you know, these new like training apps that i've come across you know in the last like five six seven years like now everyone wants to you know instead of having a pt they want to just like follow an app and follow a program that's been created on an app.
1: um it's one of those things that i'm sure a lot of them are very very good but there's always going to be people that need that human interaction as i said 99 mm. percent of the time it's not the program because actually if you look at diets and you look at training plans, like the majority of them work mm. for certain people, like things like intermittent fasting. Some people absolutely swear by it. I know if I didn't eat for 16 hours, I'd be a horrible human to be around because mm. if, when I'm hungry, like I'm just, it, it, it doesn't do good things for my mood. Mm. But then there's other people like I've got a medic who works nights like when he's on a night shift, he does intermittent fasting so it means that he doesn't then have to think about food.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Um,
0: That's fine.
1: Sorry, my missus is just asking me
0: questions
1: <laughs> while I'm trying to
0: record <laughs> on yeah. them. It's not my podcast. It's his
1: podcast. Right. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought. Now. Yeah, you, you were um, talking about
0: intermittent fasting, and you, yes, you a friend.
1: intermittent fasting, and so apps. So yeah, there, there's definitely scope. At the end of the day, like people that are extremely self-motivated and they just need a bit of structure and somebody to say do this, do that. Like yeah, they're going to work quite well for. These are the same sort of people that could go onto bodybuilding.com and follow somebody else's diet plan and Mm. do it to the letter of the law and therefore kind of get results. There's always going to be a small percentage of people that, right, you just give them a plan and they're just going to execute on it. The thing a computer algorithm can't do is they can't, it can't have a conversation with you when Mm. you're having a crappy day. It can't empathize with the facts and, understand that right I've not slept for the last six months properly because my two-year-old's in the night terror stage or yeah. that actually I've, I've had to miss some workouts this week so I'm having to deload but the algorithm isn't saying that mm. I just feel like crap or I'm having a load of stress at work and with my missus so we can say right let's not be training so if your training plan was like five days a week but you're under a massive amount of stress and you can't recover from it right let's drop down to two days a week for the next four weeks just so you can get something done yeah but again a computer or an automation isn't going to be able to have those sort of conversations so yeah it's going to work for a small percentage of people but a lot of people are also going to want to deal with the human. They're going to want to deal with somebody who's going to be able to understand them.
0: Yeah, I guess you know, people that can't afford maybe personal trainers. I mean, maybe it is a yeah. Yeah, it is a good option for them, I guess. You know, but um, like you said, uh, the interaction is the, the actual professionalism consistently and change, the changeability of who you are isn't there to uh, support you. But yeah, I, th- I think I think it's I think it's not a bad thing. But like you said if someone's able to follow an app, they're able to follow anything, really. So Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty much like that. What do you think of ve- veganism? I'm a vegan, so I I, I don't even... <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> I don't know, you're going to... I think you're going to, you know, try and choke me now, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> My
1: sister's yeah. a vegan as well, so okay. there's a lot of banter between the two of us. Yeah. Um, she does it for uh, environmental as well as, like, ethical reasons, mm. whereas i'm all about performance so mm. when was it the game changes documentary came out yeah. uh, it was quite like a hot topic on, yeah. on the fact that a plant-based diet was shown to improve performance mm. but if you go and then do the research kind of like behind it the research was actually quite flawed and because it's a documentary that's made for entertainment purposes again they weren't showing the whole picture So the statement a plant-based diet may be better for performance isn't quite right. More people eating more plants would probably improve their performance. So if somebody's got a terrible diet that has no plant food, that has no fruits and vegetables into it, and they suddenly start eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, then their performance is probably going to get better because of all the micronutrients and everything that kind of comes through. Um, I personally I wouldn't uh, choose to follow a vegan diet but that's that's personal preference I don't what's the? I'm not one of these people that absolutely like belittles like vegans for kind of their beliefs etc because that's yeah. their choice and
0: hmm. um,
1: if what I don't agree with is I'm gonna label a group here I call them lazy vegans or lazy vegetarians that okay. don't do the research on if you're completely cutting out meat from your diet you have to vary your sources of protein because like plant-based proteins um you've got to eat a wide variety of them to get all the essential amino acids and stuff mm-hmm. um you've got to look at different supplements and stuff you've got to take mm-hmm. so a lot of people get their uh, iron and b vitamins and stuff from kind of like the meat that they eat especially and things like omega-3 so making sure that you are eating a very well balanced diet not just a western um processed food diet where you've cut the meat out, because Mm. you're probably going to end up with some sort of malnutrition issues if you're not eating things like beans pulses and lots of like fruits and vegetables from all different kind of places.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, I've not been vegan forever, um, and I've trained on both. And <clears throat> I would say training with whilst eating meat, <clears throat> I would say you do you do see the um, you do feel the physical benefits of the meat more when you're when you're mm-hmm. training. There is no no doubt about it, but i guess the cardiovascular benefits are more with the um with, i feel better more with the uh the vegan diet so um i feel yeah. more muscular with the meat i feel more you know more fitter with the with, with vegan diet so it's it's, it's a catch too in a sense but um yeah at the end of yeah. the day the re- reason why i do it is just based on i just don't want to eat meat and that's how i don't you know i'm not i i wouldn't say i'll would never eat meat again because you know i do every now and like i would say i'll probably eat it like once every four or five months on like a special occasion type of thing you know but you know it's not nothing yeah. against like animals stuff I just don't want the meat in my body and that's just that's just my uh, personal personal thing but I think training on it, it is it is different and then um, you do have to the sources of protein it's not easy to get all the protein that you know that um, you, you need in your body especially for me being six foot four I mean I need a lot of it yeah so um, it's not easy but it, it can be done but uh, you have to you have, you have to yeah. be very dedicated
1: can be done. And this this is the thing that I think a lot of people that jumped on the vegan bandwagon didn't really realize is that actually any sort of special dietary choice is going to take research, it's going to take time, it's going to take living in those shoes for a little while and realizing that actually not everybody is like set up to accommodate for vegans. So I live in Grantham. Which is
0: where in, is that by the way?
1: Um, the East Midlands, it's about an hour, it's, it's about an hour away from Nottingham. So it's linked. Oh, I, so Dar- I, I was in Derby,
0: road. I was in Derby yesterday, so I, yeah. I was up there. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, if you were vegan in Grantham compared to being vegan in London, it's a mm. lot harder because Definitely. there's not that many like shops or cafes or restaurants around here that would be able to like cater to your dietary needs whereas if you go to like a big city where mm. there's going to be a higher percentage of that population with those particular dietary needs it's going to be yeah. much much easier to get the foods and to get and you can go out for food and there's going to be a vegan option but like yeah, if you to do that here you wouldn't be able to do it
0: i mean yeah you get it you get it in supermarkets everywhere you go now i don't know if it's the same in your area but yeah. in, in london all supermarkets have a massive vegan section which you know, I'm I'm also allergic to uh, lactose, which obviously is one of the reasons why we're into it as well, because obviously it avoids mm-hmm. a lot of that. So, um, yeah, no, it's 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 a good diet, but you know, it's each to their own. For me, like, you uh, know, whatever. Yeah. someone if it, if it works for you, then that's that's great for you. That's all. Like, that's what all I, all I can yeah. say. You know. Um, the last question I want to ask you is, um, you know, what do you think? Like, you know, mental health um what do you think the training does for like mental health not just for you just for like a- anyone in, in general because I think you know and also for like building a, a successful career a successful business a successful life a successful family like do you think it's a um like a key element because I feel like a lot of people I feel like it is I feel like a lot of people yeah. don't don't see it like that they see it as just an extension to sure. life it's, yeah yeah, you know, what do you? How do? You, how, why do you think people don't see it like this? Or you know, what's your opinion?
1: For me personally, I think it's a keystone habit. I think the human body is designed to move. We're not designed to be sedentary. We are at our most creative. We are at our most productive when mm. we are fit, healthy, and moving. Hundred um, percent. I think a lot for a lot of people um exercise in general was ruined for them at school mm, so yes yes if you are not naturally athletic at school by the time you get to secondary school you know who the freak kid is with the crazy genetics that just can pick up a ball and is just amazing at everything
0: mm. now
1: your pe teachers are always going to favor that kid because yeah. he's going to make them look good the kids that aren't the genetic elite that they can't just pick up a ball and be good with it they are going to get left behind slightly so Mm. what do kids do when they're not getting the attention that they need they mess about Mm. that's that's just what kids do Mm. if you mess about in PE what happens you get sent for laps around the field or you get Mm. some sort of physical exercise as a punishment yes yes. so then that kid is then going to start associating exercise with punishment Mm. as soon as they leave school why would they then choose to do something that they have been getting for the past five years punished with they don't so that's why you'll see a lot of kids they turn like 16 17 18 and they balloon out because They've got no restrictions now. Their their parents aren't telling them what to eat. Uh They've got no restrictions on that side of it. And they don't exercise anymore because they don't like it because they've been kind of turned off to the fact. So in terms of like how necessary is it to be successful, it's not necessary, but it certainly helps. So one of my hobbies is like reading autobiographies and stuff of like successful people. And yeah. the majority of successful people have a morning routine. Mm. So they wake up and they do the same thing every morning. Yeah. And it's normally one of like 10 things. So there's things like journaling, meditation, quiet time, getting outside in the sunshine. And the majority of them do some form of physical Exercise, whether it's yoga, whether it's just a bit of hip, whether it's going and doing a weight like the rock doing his weight training sessions at 5 a.m. in the morning, like Mm. whoever it is, like they start their day with some sort of physical exertion to get the body moving, to get blood pumping, to get their mind kind of like engaged. So, to me, it's not a coincidence when you see the same habits and the same behaviors producing similar results these people are all successful in like dozens of different fields whether exactly. it's like eric Thomas, the rock um triple h uh tony robbins there's mm-hmm. I, I could list off like dozens yeah. of them but they all start their day with some sort of morning routine that would include exercise in there
0: 100 percent. and i think you know people i think i think it, it for me like it's, it's my my ambitions and my goals uh, they would they only exist with exercise I, I wouldn't be able i don't think i would be able to you know be on the journey that i am currently on doing the various things that i'm doing i'm currently writing a book as well i can't be creating um a new product and you know i i, I don't think you know and having a child at the a newborn at, at the same time um you know i don't think i'd be able to cultivate all these things if i didn't have my 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 ritual my my, my training ritual or my morning ritual you know it would mm. i would I would say it'd probably be impossible because I feel like the endorphins that I get from, from the training, it, it, you know, it's like, it's the achievement of, of uh, doing something that you know is good for you. So, so then you, you continue and do something else that's good for you. Then you, you know, it just, it, it snowballs, you know?
1: I was gonna say it's as well, it's taking control of something. Yeah. So a lot of people who are suffering with their mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, anything like that, mm. a lot of the time it's associated with a loss of control. They mm. feel like the world's out to get them, that they, they can't control anything, that they may as well not be here. Whereas you can 100% control the food that goes into your body. It's got, yeah. You've got to put it in your mouth. You can Uh 100% control the way your body moves. You may not have the knowledge of how to do weight training, but you can go out and you can go for a walk. There are lots and lots of things that you can do. And Mm -hmm. by making that choice to take control of those two key areas, and then as you said, what happens is you set yourself a goal. It might be a small goal to start with. It Mm -hmm. might be to be able to do 10 press-ups. Yeah. And at first you could only do two and you Mm. really, really work on that. You figure out a way to get there and then you get to 10 and you go, right, now I can do 10, i want to do 15. So going from two to 10 might have taken you a month, but to go from 10 to 15 is probably going to take you about a week. And then to go from 15 to 20 is probably going to take you a couple of days Till eventually you're setting goals of doing like, I want to do press-ups in a minute. Or something that would be completely impossible when you've kind of first started, but you've taken those small little jumps. And that's a metaphor for life as well. What happens is you you start off small, and then as you said, you build up that momentum. You start off with small achievable goals, you hit them and then you move on to your next one. The key is to always be thinking mm-hmm. about that
0: next about, one. Yes. But yes.
1: Also taking the time to appreciate where you are right mm. now so mm. actually being present is it becomes mm. more apparent when you've got kids and stuff because they're just present they're all the they, time they aren't thinking into the future they've got no exactly. anxiety they haven't been conditioned <laughs> to do all of this they can just exactly. be in the now and they can be happy
0: mm. whereas i
1: think as adults we forget that we they're always looking back at everything we've missed out on or we're looking forward to what we want to do we're not mm. present in the now mm. and that's something i'm trying to work on for myself is not be so far into the future all the time actually being here in the now like with my daughter like when I'm writing my gratitude journal and stuff like that if I've managed to have half an hour where I've put my phone away and I've been with her yeah to me that's that's an achievement because I really really struggle with that I'm very forward-minded I'm very goal orientated for just just like myself projecting into the future and Mm. like being now that's that's really really hard it takes a lot of conscious effort
0: yeah, yeah, that's exactly like myself. I'm always focused on ahead. I, I don't look at the past. I don't. I sometimes don't be in the moment too, and it's it's a, it's a thing for me to learn to be better at too. Because you know, when you do have children, and you have to be in the moment. Some you know sometimes, let's say you know like you know kids are unpredictable. You know, and you know you you have a plan to do something, and some some sort of unpredictable situation happens with your child. You know, you could be you know. For my child, he's a four months, nearly four months old. He could just, he could randomly just have a, you know, just poo in his nappy, and, and that, that's unexpected. So then, <laughs> no, I, okay. I, I may, ha- I may have plans to, you know, start writing, and you know, I, I then have to, you know, deal with that. And if I'm not in the moment whilst changing him, I may miss out on signals that he's giving me. Maybe there's something else wrong. I may be missing out on certain things. So if all, and I could just be focusing on, okay, I need to get back to that. I need to get back to that. Where if I'm in the moment. I can see what's happening i can d- deal with my son correctly and you know and m- maybe play with him on top of that because that's probably what he wants to do you know and then he'll be happy yeah. he'll, sleep, he'll sleep longer and rest better and then i can actually i'm actually feeling happy myself because i had a, had a nice time and then i can continue on and write and it may be, be even more um potent than what it would have been before so you know it, being in the moment is, is definitely something for me to, to think about as well, but. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, training and exercising and just like walking, like you said, is is vital. Is vital for for mental health, especially as we've been on lockdown for so long. You yeah. Know, just, it's it's vital. And is and lockdown I feel like it has made it more even more apparent than ever, to be honest.
1: Yeah, because it was taken away when yeah. all the gyms were closed. Everyone actually realized how much they rely on them for that social, like the the gym community is a very like niche community
0: Mm.
1: like they're they're quite tight-knit communities and they'll look out for each other and it becomes that third place that's not work and it's not home Mm. it's that third place that they can feel safe and they can be themselves and yeah somebody's Mm. taken that away and a lot of people didn't realize how much they relied on that
0: Mm. yeah it's true I mean how did you did I mean are you still in a gym
1: so I um I have a home gym
0: so okay.
1: I, because I used to do PT from home, I moved to uh, put, like a garage in my gym, a garage in my a gym in my garage so that yeah. clients could come here so that I could be more flexible around like childcare. Um, okay. So I've got a, a decent amount of like kit that I can use kind of here and I've just fully committed with everything that's gone on with COVID over the last year. Like I just fully committed to the kind of like that garage gym life. Um Okay but I was a member of a gym in the first lockdown and mm. I only jacked in my membership. I'm just trying to think of when it was now. Um, it was before they closed. I think it was in November time. Um, I just wasn't using it enough because I've got all the stuff I need at home. My okay. coach had programmed everything so that I could use it at home and I'd invested in the bits of kit that I was missing in the first lockdown. So in the first lockdown, I was missing a hack squat and basically a decent set of dumbbells Whereas mm-hmm. I've bought those now. So I don't need to go to a gym anymore. Like when the world gets back to normal, I'll probably yeah. do a day pass like once every six weeks or so just to go get out of the house and yeah. spend yeah. some time away. Cause I've been locked in the house for like a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so because as I said I'm an online trainer like my work yeah. is at home my home is at home and now my gym's at home like I barely ever leave.
0: At the end of the day you've, it's, it's probably a lot better better for you I guess you know and you know you don't have to have a membership you're more uh, time consuming as well so yeah you're winning you're winning in in, in all the areas really but um it's been, it's been fantastic talking to you to be honest and um you've you've said a lot and said a lot of um, key key points and um, I just want to ask you the last thing like what is you know you say you want to be a bodybuilder I get that mm-hmm. I always like to you know ask um, if what is the one thing that you would say that if you died today that you would be happy if this happened uh, in your career if you achieved that thing and you'll be like okay I achieved that, that I'm, I'm happy now I'm happy like what is the one thing
1: to be to leave the legacy so yeah. know that i've positively impacted on people's lives Mm. um there's no like monetary thing like it's not about having like a a bodybuilding like championship it's just knowing that actually i left this place like better for me being here
0: Mm. well you definitely left an impact on this man to man podcast no (laughs) doubt so uh viewers will be uh definitely um more knowledgeable with with your insights and and your 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 expertise but I'd like to thank you DJ for uh, spending your time uh, we've hit our hour uh, time slot but um, it's been a great podcast and um, yeah it's been a pleasure talking to you i hope you guys enjoyed that podcast you can find dj on instagram at d e e j p t on instagram or he has a website which is www. D-E-E-J-P-T dot co dot UK. I hope you guys enjoyed that excellent and very insightful discussion.